As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Sorcerers, adepts, friends, fans, family, and followers to Season 3, Episode 7 of the hit underground occult radio show known as Knights of the Nephilim, brought to you by Brutal Business and Celestial Oddities Radio, bringing you 100% real and raw underground entertainment. As always, I will be your host and guide on this obscure and mysterious journey into magic and mysticism, darkness and divination. I am Reverend Freighter Crow of the Coterie of Samil Arcana Cult Order, and I appreciate you listening in tonight. Whether listening live, or you're streaming after the fact, or you've downloaded it to your device for on the go, I do want to thank you for your patronage and support. I just ask that you click the like, share, and follow button wherever you're listening in from, excuse me, whether it be iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Deezer, Spreaker, CastBox, Google Play, Amazon Podcasts, or any of the other ones in between that I might have missed. By clicking those buttons, it moves us up the podcast community rankings, allows more people to discover the show, keeps you in the loop with new episodes as they air, and gives you unfiltered access to our past archives, not only of this show here, Knights of the Nephilim, which is based upon esoteric science, occult doctrine, ritual magic, 
bringing on, speaking with, and interviewing the biggest and best names in occultism, from you know occult authors to ritual practitioners, toolmakers, theologians, and everything in between. Or it'd be one of our other shows like Celestial Oddities, The Pong, Pair of Normal Guys podcast, deep diving into subject matter of the supernatural and paranormal phenomena that exist in this world, bringing on professionals within those fields, and even doing call-in episodes where we hear from you, the listener, about your wild and strange encounters with the unknown. Or it'd be our last show, Uncovering the Underground where we interview and talk with artists from music to modeling, stars of the big screen, comedy, oddities, and everything in between. We bring you something for everyone here at Brutal Business and Celestial Oddities. So make sure you share it around, you check out our past seasons, and uh, just have a good time with it. Now, I started the episode out a little bit differently this evening. And that was actually partly because of a technical difficulty there. When I hit go, it started playing the sound clip that I always play right before I actually bring my guests on. So we'll do it a little bit differently this evening. But we do have a wonderful episode tonight. But before I go into that, there are a few things that I would like to address. First and foremost, I would like to thank our sponsors, Arsnosis, Belladonna's Botanicals, Aragni Arcane Services, Goetic Impressions, The Telemancer, and Limitless Liberation. Throughout this evening, we will take a mini break for each and every one of these sponsors so you can hear more about who they are, what they do, where you can check them out at, and if we have any type of special promo code, we'll make sure to throw it out there for you. That way you can save on your next order. Now, last episode, which we did a special Samhain episode last week, which was normally our off week for this specific show, we had one of my favorite guests of all time and one of my favorite occultists of all time, and that is Satanic Magus Alistair Nacht of the Magnum Opus Satanic Order in Florida. And we've had him on before. We had him on in the Sawan edition last year, and then we were blessed to have him again you know, this year. Now, the reason I bring this up, not only is I would like you guys to go back and listen to that episode, but some very shocking news just days after we had him on. He did, on Sunday evening, a global satanic rite for Samhain, where he first talked about the innards of Satanism for people who might not be fully familiar with this path, and then he did the global rite, which was blessings and prosperity to all of his followers and to all the Satanists out there around the world and left-hand path practitioners. And then at the end, he announced that after three decades, he is retiring, stepping down, and will no longer be a public figure within Satanism in the left-hand path. This man, if for those of you that don't know, has been a vital figure in, in Satanism for three decades now, has written almost 15 books, I think, off the top of my head, and his books truly get to the root of what Satanism is, how to do rituals properly, how to get into the mechanics of magic, which we'll be talking deeply about with my guest this evening, and so, so much more. So, a, a, you know, just a huge shout out to Alistair Knock for all that you have done, sir, for this community over the last 30 years. For whatever may come in your journeys, you know, going forward, I would like to thank you personally and as the left hand path as a whole, thank you for all that you've done. And, uh, folks, yeah, I, I would think that the last public interview, at least for now, would be here on our show last week. So make sure you go check it out. Give him some love. If you're looking for really good books on the left-hand path and Satanism, 
you can pick up his book, Satanism and Devil Worship, Satanic Magic, Satanic Rituals. He, he, he doesn't give you bullshit. He gets straight to the point on things. So much love to him. Now, one other you know household item I'd like to get into before we bring on my guest this evening would be, as you guys know, and I don't want to beat a dead horse, they've been trying to silence me on social media and different platforms. I'm not sure as to why I have been removed from Facebook permanently. They have removed several of my business pages, several of my artist pages. They tried to remove Brutal Business, which has other admins on, and I'm not even on it now since I've been removed from the platform, but they still tried to take that down for some reason. Luckily, it has not yet. Uh, They tried to remove my business and personal Instagram, and then they gave them back. Didn't tell me why they tried to remove them. There has been threats that have come into me on Twitter um, that have magically vanished when I go to the profile who sent them. There's no one there. You go back to the message, the message is gone. And, you know, one of the newest things that had happened is our creative director, Natasha Sarver, who owns Little Shop of Lilith in Butler, Pennsylvania, which is a witchcraft and metaphysical brick and mortar shop, has been helping us promote the show because I have no way of doing so anymore. She's been a very big help to the show, so much love to her for all that she's done. But the other day, she got on her business page. She's never so much as got a warning on Facebook or Instagram ever in history. And it says you broke the rules of conduct and your business page has been permanently removed. Same bullshit that I got. She was pretty worried about this because this is how she makes a living is her her brick and mortar you know, shop that she owns. And I had to apologize and say, I'm so sorry that I think because of your association with me, you've been a target as well. And I don't know why, but I've always been told if you're making this much of an uproar, something you're saying must be striking a nerve and there's probably a reason. And this isn't going to sway me from doing what I do, saying what I say and continuing to plant seeds of knowledge and truth. So for my listeners out there, I will not be stopped and I'll continue to present you the mind, you know, enhancing information that our shows bring you and to any of the powers that be out there that might be fucking with me and being in charge of the things that are going on. It's not working. So do what you do and I will do what I do. But just understand I am not stopping. So with that being said, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about our guest this evening. He is a return guest of the show and another one of my favorite guests. Uh, just a very intelligent man, very versed in his field, great to talk to, and I'm very excited to have him back on the show. And that is talking about Nate Bells. Now I'm going to tell you a little bit about him and then we'll go ahead and bring him on the show. I'm going to tell you about Nate in his own words. He says, My name is Nate Mills, and I am a long-devoted explorer of the black arts and an accomplished magician that treads the left-hand path. I have spent a majority of my life scouring in between the coded lines of reality in search of truth, higher knowledge, and the essential components of metaphysical transcension that creates real and progressive change in the manifold self and objective universe. The occult, practical spirituality, and the intricate craft and mechanics of magic, magical application have been a hands-on, deep-running passion of mine stretching back over the last 25 years into my teens, compounding only deeper and further with every passing year into the dynamic life commitment it has been destined to become. So as always, folks, you know, grab your ritual athames, put on your ceremonial attire, Light your candles and focus your desires. Step into the circle and intone the sacred names. 
give offering and praise as we stare into the flames and conjure the spirit that is Nate Bells. How are you doing tonight, brother? Man, I'm doing good. How about yourself this evening? Oh, no complaints, man. Like I said, there's been a little bit of uh, some opposition lately, but we've been maneuvering around it. And I appreciate you coming on the show again this evening and letting us pick your brain on, you know, the subtle mechanics of ritual and magic. I feel it's a very important subject that, you know, unfortunately, you don't, I don't want to say you don't need to know these things to do magic. Certainly you do. But unfortunately, we live in a world now where a lot of people are, you know, quote unquote practitioners, but they don't understand the subtle mechanics of magic. They don't understand trance work. They don't understand, you know, feeling the changes in the atmospheric pressure around you. They don't understand these aspects. And without these aspects, you can't perform efficient ritual. So I'm, you know, very excited to have you on the show this evening so we can chit chat about that. But, uh, you know, before we get to that, how's things been, man? It's been, uh, I think, a little over a year since we last had you on. I think it has been a little bit over a year. You know, it's it's been good. It's been a it's been a year of transition for me. Uh, just um, I think just just shifting shifting gears, uh, a very subtle shift that's just been uh, happening over many months, and uh, you know everything just coming into alignment for the uh, the trajectory of where my journey's taken me so it's 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 had its highs and lows and it's and it's um, ups and downs and all arounds and unexpected parts but you know that's that's what i appreciate about the left hand path and um, man i'm always i'm always going to be fucking uh, an adherent of it I agree man i don't know how to live any differently i mean if, at this point in my life i've been you know, a practitioner and, and, and a, you know, advocate for the left-hand path longer than I have not. I mean, I started out when I was 15 years old and, and I, you know, thinking about before then, those are the ages you don't really remember. When you're a kid, you don't have a whole lot of thoughts. Like I might have some from like the age of eight and under, you're eight and above. I mean, right. you don't really remember that first section. So that's out of the way. So there's only a few years of my life. I can really recollect that weren't involved in ritual and magic. And it's just a huge part of who I am. And I love to teach. And I know you do as well. And, and have people find it and find it the right way. Cause we live in an age where fortunately and unfortunately there is so much material out there and that is that blessing because when you and i were younger you didn't have this shit i mean you couldn't just <laughs> type in a keyword on google and have five thousand authors and practitioners and youtube videos i mean i, I could barely right. get my hand on any type of magical book so it is a blessing in that regard but in the same token you know there's so much misinformation as humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And clout chasers that are just simply causing a buzz for themselves by rehatching the same old shit. So when you have people that are very passionate about it, that's what I love to bring, you know, folks like yourself on the show so they can hear from real practitioners. Well, thank you, man. And that's what I appreciate about your show is that uh, you bring so many different people with a versatile approach and, and their own connection to what makes us tick. And, um, that's, I think that's what manifests and really illuminates itself, uh, through just simple conversation. It can really start to, to show you like who has that, that insight and who's just kind of regurgitating, uh, the surface garbage, but um, in addition to that, every everybody who immerses themselves into this forbidden current will have something to come back with, some type of treasure experience. They'll have that unique jewel that is their own puzzle piece to all this. And um, I think that's invaluable in itself to be able to – listen to people's own comprehension and experiences with this and um, see what what clicks in between the lines for that individual listener uh, with the open mind absolutely but yeah you know it's it's it is funny like you were saying man there's there's people who want to snub this out and and put a stop to it and um, you know it's it's fucked up because it, it is control and the powers that be in a, in certain positions of control around here, they don't want people to have that particular type of liberation to be able to call their own shots and uh, come out of the labyrinth to be able to jump over the walls and, uh, and connect their own dots. But, um, that's, that's what I love about magic. I think, uh, as a whole is just, what are the mechanics of it? How does this work? Um, and that's, that's what I've always loved about it. I think in, in comparison to things such as organized religion, where, the whole foundation of that is a, is one of faith, but getting into to practical magic, faith is only the diving board. And that comes from seeing enough that it can click within you to go, you know what, there's something to this. And 
through the breadcrumbs that I've seen that have led me this far. I think that, um, in fact, I have that that burning intuition that that this works and that there's a power that underlies it that can be tapped into and practically applied. And that is, that is the initial gateway of, of getting onto this path and being able to get that momentum is just the trust. Say, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to put all my chips on this. I've seen enough. I know that there's something here. Um, and that, and that, that was really the thing for me, like as a teenager of, um, I think why like, like spare boards really intrigued me is I knew Parker brothers had been selling, um, probably hundreds of thousands of these things and that, uh, people were having their own experiences with these that, that just can be written off. And when you have that overwhelming of a cascade of, of, real results pouring down, uh, that there's something to this. I think it warrants that trust fall of saying, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to see where this leads and I'm going to see where this goes. And, uh, it's definitely not for everybody, but, um, I think that's for, for not only myself, but, but for many other people out there, that's, that's become the obsession is, What's behind the black curtain? What the hell is back there? And how does this work? What's really going on back there? What I want to know what, what isn't and what is. And, um, you know, that's, that's been my devotion into this path. And, um, I don't so much view the aspects of, of black magic and, um, the cumulative black arts as being, a negative application, but it's, it's a shortcut. It's a shortcut to power and understanding where those dots connect and staying in the question of how does this work? And that's what I love about it is, is being able to go backstage uh, through this current and tap into those very subtle fundamentals of what those keys are that get the tumblers to unlock. And, um, that, that man, that has been, I think the, the big springboard that has just taken me deeper and deeper into this. And, uh, the sky's the limit. The sky is the limit. Once you open up the real practical potential of what you can do with this, and uh, you can take the duality of, of good and evil out of it, and it just falls into what change do you see as being appropriate. And um, like you had said earlier, man, that's it's it's as very it's as there's tiny aspects that will make the practitioner more and more enabled. And to get that momentum of confidence coming up. And then without even realizing it, that will align the, the unseen, the very subtle, the subconscious mechanics 
that gets everything to just click, 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 and open. And um, I think the paradox is is that I think for for so many they they look at it as it being one of intensity. Oh, I'll never be able to 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 get up to these levels. I'll never be able to to wield this type of intensity, this power. But the real realization that comes through the the practical experience of that is really just leaning back and giving yourself over to it and incorporating the inverse. Well, the I trust. Think, well, I think that that's a big part feeling. of it. Yeah. You know, that we've, as, as human beings, have explored everything. Look at the ocean. It's, it's dark and it's mysterious and it's massive. And we, we don't even understand even fractions of how deep and what all is there. But sure enough, we explore it. Look at the mountains. We climb the mountains, the caverns. We go into the caverns. We explore the land. We, as human beings, seem to want to go anywhere and everywhere that we can possibly go and explore it and conquer it and all of this and that. But they've done such a good job on the stigma and the dogma of doing any type of spiritual communication or connection with deity that a huge, huge population of the planet just finds it to be something they just don't even fuck with or they are completely against its taboo. No, there obviously are a lot of practitioners out there, but a small fraction of the populace. It's just so funny to see that you throw an ocean in front of someone and say it's miles deep, and they're like, well, what's at the bottom of it? And they want to go down and explore it. But you say, well, if you sit down and do these specific things, you can breach the veil and find out what's behind the flesh and what's actually in the spirit. Oh, we don't do that. No, fuck that. We don't, we, we've always been told you don't do that. It, it's just so funny that they've been able to really just program it into our minds that that's the taboo that you do not you know, cross. And I just find that to be so interesting that so many people follow that. I mean, you talk about ghosts or anything and people are like, Oh no, no, we don't, we see a ghost. We get to hell out or we don't talk to ghosts. And it's now, why, why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid of something that is there? Why are you so afraid of an innate ability that you have that you just don't hone in on if it's there and you are so, let's just use a religious standpoint for a moment, if you are so holy and you are so into your faith, why would these currents be there to communicate with? Because God came down and talked to people multiple times. Isn't that the same thing? That's where I get really confused with religion sometimes, like when I have... You know, you, you have people who are extremists of, of Christianity or Catholicism, and they'll, they'll tell you, like, you don't talk to ghosts, and you don't do anything with deities, and all of that will cause you to burn in hell. No, no, no. I'm like, but wait a second. Isn't everything you follow supposed to have come from the knowledge and the gnosis handed down from a spirit? You know, that's, that's the irony. Yeah. That is the irony, and um, you get certain um, adherents of, of old tradition that will that will knock new uh, gnosis and uh, and methods and procedures, and say it isn't the old way, and this is this is how it's done, and it's it's like yeah, I agree. That's that is one approach of a of a 
very potent working system, but um, it is funny because at some point in time, I mean, no matter how far you go back, somebody had to make conscious contact with these intelligent forces, uh, no matter what they were, and thus began the uh, the packet transfer of, of that knowledge and that information and being able to apply it. And, uh, yeah, like you said, man, with, I, th- I think with religion, it, it's, there's so many people that when you, when you follow the, the domino questioning of, of a particular topic with them backwards and you get down to the foundational crux of it with them, the, the, the last fig leaf for them to go is, well, hey man, this is uh, this is how it was raised. <laughs> this is this is how it was brought up, and to me, this is this is what is. And that's where I've, I've always just kind of found that interesting. And then going, well, okay, I I can understand that, I, and I don't blame you if, if if you look over your shoulder. And ever since you were a young child, you've been brought up in this particular current in this mindset. And you've had this particular perspective hammered into you since as long as you can remember, hey, I, I understand that, that that's the platform of, of your go-to, but why not challenge that? Why not, why not pull those curtains back and say, well, what really is behind there? And where does this go? Where did this come from? Does it hold water? And that's it. I mean, it, yeah. it should, should be that way. Is it's people are afraid? Like they're so adamant about their faith, but they're afraid of their faith being challenged. I I say to all of you out there, challenge my faith. Throw something out of me and say, well, you know what? This is as humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's been what you do and you do X, Y, and Z. But if you just try for two weeks this method here, I guarantee you you'll have a phenomenal experience of something that's opposite of what your beliefs are. I would love to try it. I'm about exploring. I am a spiritual explorer. 
I want to see what's out there. Now, here's the thing. I'm not saying that by praying to, to Jesus or to Yahweh or to anything like that, folks, that there's not power. Absolutely there's power there. It's just not my power. It's not what I go for. It's not my path. But I think a lot of times people think it's so black and white where, like, they hear, you know, Christians saying, oh, Satanists have no they have no real power. Yes, they certainly do. But on the opposite end, when Satanists are like, oh, Christianity is a fucking fraud and this and that. No, it's not. There is certainly power there. Any deity that has been prayed to by millions of people and been given devotions and sacrifices and offerings and blood, sweat, and tears will grow and grow in power, no matter what kind of faith base it came from. And that's how some gods are still around, and that's why other ones who were very powerful once upon a time have all but vanished, because their their adherents have vanished off this earth. So they haven't been getting prayed to, they haven't been getting their offerings, they haven't been getting fed. So they dwindle in power. Now they, they remain dormant, they could be brought back. Um, but people don't seem to understand that. Is there's power in any faith that has a very avid following who are devout in their practice? There is power there. That is the very essence of ritual. It creates personal power and ethereal power to go and charge up the the forces that you're working with. Oh man, you said it. You fucking said it right there. And it's it's all systems. And in every system has has its own operational boundaries, uh, and you can take all so many different religious systems, in uh, so many different Christian currents. If you make contact and you do make that substantial contact with uh, those angelic beings, and you initiate that that communion with them, you're going to get responses that corroborate the kingdom that they operate in, the do's and the don'ts. And then the same will be for so many other currents. Yes. They will, <laughs> they will give you uh, the, this is the limit. This is the bottom. Here's the sky. Here's what you can do. Here's the, here's the off limits. Uh, and it's all based upon that particular system. And then getting under that, it's these are masks. These are masks for deeper, deeper, wider, more concise elemental powers. Uh, even the source itself, it's got so many, so many different masks that people will approach. And try to tap into and access it through um, Yahweh being being a huge huge one that that's that is so many people claim and it's over the years it's really been my experience with that is that it's just misunderstood uh, far too many. Hundreds, hundreds of thousands have assigned Yahweh the end-all, be-all access point. When really, he's, it is really more just like a slice of the pie. There are so many other intelligent forces that have been accessed even before 
Yahweh was contacted. And it's interesting, looking even in the Bible, the ways of contact, the instructions for temples, incense, burnt offerings. It's a funny rabbit hole to really keep pulling those masks off of and following all of those rivers back upstream to their central sources, their central spheres of of whatever element it is that they represent. And I think that is also what I like about the Black Path, which is taking those masks off, especially once you really, really start diving deep into this Black Spring and getting beyond the boundaries, the boundaries of what you've been told are there, the boundaries that you've assumed there. And once you start connecting with these Black Well Springs and saying, What's really going on? Give me the 411 direct. Give me the lowdown. And uh, they're happy to do it. They are, they are happy to say, okay, if you, if you are coming to me and you want to ask, I'll give, you, I'll give you the straight and narrow. And it's, again, it's a system. And it's just hacking the system of coming to that particular software and accessing it direct and tapping into that, that information. Um, and that's, that is a, that is an interesting thing. I think about all of this is, is the boundaryless consensual matrix that we all are tethered into You have us, you have so many different, countless different types of independent conscious beings on this huge web of the matrix of of all that is. And through that, everything is connected. Everything is connected. It is connected. And one one of the things I presented to a class recently... Uh, because even though I'm not much on the public scale these days because I've been removed, I still have a heavy uh, hand in teaching and being involved in, in different organizations. And one of the things that I presented recently was that these streams are very real, and the streams lead back to rivers, which lead back to oceans. And like you said, with the masks, one of the things that I've come to in my gnosis of working with deities over the years is that they are, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this, they are customizable to your experience. And what I mean by that is if you have three people who have never summoned a specific spirit and you have all three of them do research on that spirit independently of one another and they're looking up knowledge of it, what's it supposed to look like, what's its demeanor like, what's its history, and then... How are they going to conjure this spirit? What practice does each of the three of them maybe individually use? All three of those practitioners will have a very 
different experience of that spirit. Now, it doesn't mean that there aren't connecting threads that they'll all come back with that are similar to one another, but they will each have a very unique experience. Now, the way I explained it to this class was that the information that you researched is a part of the manifestation of what you experience. So by you understanding what culture it came from and what time period, how it interacted back then, the, the you know mysticism side of, of its story, uh, what is it supposed to look like, what's its sigil like, what offerings are right for it, you build up this whole structure within your own psyche and then your energy and how you how attuned you are to meditation and trance work how attuned you are to ritual and your experience level compared to the you know the other practitioner i mentioned all of these things are going to go to making a very unique version of that manifestation now everyone's still tapping into that stream or to that river let's say but now that river's been split into three different streams all of you are still getting the essence of it, but you're getting your own customizable essence of that stream. You're getting your own customized deific mask. But as you said, Nate, if you can start to, you know, first, first, you know, connect with that, it's very good to do that and to continue to establish those bonds and to grow into your practice and power. You'll still learn great seeds of truth. But after a while, you will say, well, then what happens if I just take the mask off and I follow the stream back to the river? And then I bask in that river for a while. And then after I learn enough from the river, what happens if I pull back the mask of the river and follow that river back to the ocean and so forth? And that becomes the, the more advanced paths of black magic or the more advanced paths of the left-hand path. And... You know, I, I think that it surprised a lot of people to hear that because six different people can call upon Ashmodai or Asmodei, you know, and, and have six completely unique experiences. They are all getting him, you know, in most cases, as long as they did their operation right. But they're getting their own tailored version because everything that you know goes into what you are bringing forth and manifesting. Um, so it is partially internally inside of you as a mechanism, but also external because it is a real current, but it's mixing with the internal currents inside of you and the one-to-one -one counterpart there creates that manifestation. That's a beautiful description of it, man. I love that. And um, I think you articulated that with with the beauty of its own. And and you're so right. Um and it's so interesting because when you when you really kind of look at those subtle trails, just like you said, of, of of each prospective magician that is that is investigating the same entity, it's it's interesting how the aspects, the quantum aspects, were where time and space will roll over upon itself so that that element is already laying the breadcrumbs down in the trail for that particular investigator to find and discover the signature aspects of that spirit in a way that will resonate and be appropriate for that individual. 
And like you said, every, you can have six different people researching a particular demonic cane, and they're all going to come come at it, and they're going to find their own river that leads up to that black lake of that entity uh, on a path that is that is unique and appropriate for them. And it just becomes this journey of refinement, of, of pushing and knocking those barriers down and that incremental process of, of what the collective and the, and the cumulative journey of, of ascent is itself, uh, which is a mind-blowing journey that, that consists of not only ascent, uh, but descent and, and taking on and taking lows. And that's, that's something that I have on my website. I have this, this dark mountain, uh, which is, a an embodiment of, of, I think what constitutes the symbolism of what the left-hand path is itself. It's, as humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It's that forbidden territory. It's going into the unknown. It's going against what people say, look, you don't want to go over there. That's off limits. Some dangerous shit. No, a lot of people go in and they don't come back. And you'll see that with things like, uh, like Mount Everest. As people ascend and, and, and seek to summit that forbidden intense summit in itself, you come across trails where others, other seekers have gone into deadly territory where they weren't prepared and they've, they've died. They died on their own journey. And that's so much of what I see with, with, I think what reasonably, defines the left-hand path as being a very dangerous path. And for a handful of the people that are drawn to it, it seems like they are just cut out. Uh, they're meant, they're meant to be able to push deeper. And they have something in them that, that carries them through that, through the harsh tribulations through all of the adversity and what? keeps them ascending in success. And uh, it is, 
it is the pathless path. And uh, it's the access, I think, to and that somebody, if you really look at somebody who's, who's going to take everything that they got and they're going to get off the beaten path of the paved highway of what takes them towards the mecca of known success. And you have somebody who's, who's going to get off the side of the road and then put their hubs in, in four-wheel drive and just start to take off into the sunset. It's such, it's such a, an indescribable journey. And, and, and doing that in a spiritual sense is, I think has its own intensity and its own, its own rewards that, that nobody can ever comprehend except that particular explorer. And it is interesting because um, to get into that path, it really hits a point where the only way out is through. You can't you can't put one foot in and one foot out. If you're going to go into the desert, you got to be committed. And there's going to be some point to where you keep driving into the darkness. To where you're going to look, you're going to look at that gas tank gauge and it's going to be under halfway full. And that's going to be your wake up point and let you know that you don't have enough fuel. You do not have enough resources. At this point, you are so embedded to even turn around and make it back to that highway that you've known. And the only way is to keep on trucking, to keep going. You know, I think, uh, I think Columbus was a scumbag in a lot of ways, but you look at the aspect of how he said, you know what? I don't think that the world is fucking flat and I'm going to fall off the edge, but I'm going to set sail and I'm going to go find that fucking land. And um, what a fucking torturous fucking journey it was. But he didn't turn around. He didn't say, look, man, everybody's got scurvy. They're all fucked up. Let's, let's head back and, and crawl under the blanket and light a fire and just say, fuck it. But he kept going. And not everybody can do that. A lot of people turn back. I mean, like you said, you, you look at that gas gauge and you say, oh, shit, I, I, I'm just <laughs> under a half a tank. I'll never make it back. But if I keep going and use that, you know, that amount that I have left, will I reach anywhere or will I only go further into the abyss and get stuck? But, I mean, you know, you, that's the deciding point of are, are you going to be someone who risks it all? Or are you going to face great adversity to, to achieve greatness or are you going to fold under the pressure and turn back and maybe never make it? And then you died in your journey. You could have that same amount of gas could have got you, you know, right where you wanted to be, but you just have never found out because you, you called it quits. And a lot of people do that. And as you said, I mean, it is a, 
it is a journey that only one can really experience for themselves. And, you know, I, I, we talked about this a little bit on the last time we had you on. I love the fact of the black mountain that you have on your website because that really is it. I mean, you're climbing up the mountain and yeah, uh, in a great world, you would just climb right up and no bumps, no bruises, no setbacks and get right to the top. Right. But that's not the case. You're going to fall. You're going to tumble down a little bit, get all fucked up. You're going to get back up and be like, Oh man, that sucked. But it's going to have taught you a lesson. You know what? I got too cocky because I made it halfway up quick and easy. And then I just started carelessly sticking my feet in holes and climbing up and I wasn't checking for their stability. And now I fell. So now I know to go slow and steady and check. And those are the lessons that I think are the most valuable. I mean, I teach people all the time that the goal is not what you think the goal is. The goal is the journey. The end, yes. the finish line is just simply the finish line. And that's everybody wants to set their, their sights on. I can't wait till I'm an adept of magic that I can summon spirits and they show up at a whim and I become this master magician. That's great. But that's not the end all. The end all is those long nights of sitting in your ritual temple waiting for something to happen and it doesn't. It's those experimental nights of trying this or that. Sometimes amazing things happen. Sometimes bad things or nothing at all. Like I said, it's countless hours, countless rituals, all of this practice and work, these, these accumulations that have gotten you to where you are right now. That has been the journey, and that's what one needs to pay attention to. But we're so always hyper fixated on this is the point I want to be, and this is where I'm at now, and fuck everything in between. Let's just get there. But that is not the point. The point is the bumps and bruises. Some of the best lessons I have ever learned has not been by winning, but has been by losing horribly. And that is what made me say, whoa, all right, well, I get it. And that, folks, if you have never worked with, with Damon spirits or with deities, let me tell you, it's not always going to be pretty. There's going to be moments where they're going to drop kick you like a horse to the face and it's going to fuck your shit up and you are going to then want to call it quits and you're going to be like why the hell did this happen because it was meant to happen because you couldn't understand the finish line unless you got thrown back to the start and had to redo it and that itself is the goal it isn't supposed to be rainbows and, and you know sprinkles it is supposed to be bumps and bruises and scars the person that makes it to the finish line isn't your handsome chiseled guy that has no blemishes no it's the guy that has scars all over that looks like he has a story to tell because he does man that's it too and fucking um and it's funny because it's like should there ever be a finish line it's it's almost like it should just be Endless, unfathomable checkpoints. A journey that never ends of just checkpoints of just growth and realization. And, um, you know, I mean, that's, it, it's, it's like you said, and it's the, the bumps, the bruises, the pain, the, where you have fucked up and you've failed and you've fumbled and it's coming back at it with the tenacity and the obsession to learn from that mistake and then to become, to become better, to become that which can overcome and transcend 
and keep taking you to the next tier. And, um, I mean, you, you know, you can see it even with, uh, with most martial arts, that discipline, that commitment to learn that system. And even that individual who attains their own black belt in that system, really, if you sit down and you, you break that down over, over a campfire with, with that person who has attained that, they'll say, I've, I've just become proficient. I haven't mastered anything. I've just become proficient in this system. And I've empowered myself enough to be able to now venture forward and to keep building and to keep conquering. But that growth, that potential to learn new things is always going to be there. And that's why I, uh, I appreciate the white belt perspective, that which is, is truly hungry is, is always going to be a student of, of the path that they find themselves in. And to have that absence of, of ego that I'm up here now, because that's when the hunger dries up. But if you're always looking to hone that blade and you have that open mind to be able to absorb and receive new puzzle pieces to the boundaryless jigsaw puzzle that is your own journey of experience, it's that's when that's when the aspects of godhood will start to fall into place on their own. And the whole table of, of what this is will start to turn on its head, but it does take breaking the system, breaking the conventional aspects of, of what you've been brought up, what others have told you, your own conceptions of, of how far things will go. And then slipping through the back door, the undercurrent of insanity it becomes its own limbo access point. Uh, and it's funny because it's those are, are the secret doors that will keep this closed for so many countless out there. Is that they'll say, you know what? Maybe you could attain something with this. Maybe you could push it this far, but you're not going to be able to take it this far. But the individual that comes up and the individual that keeps pushing and pursuing and says, no, all is possible. All the shit that you said I'm crazy, no, it can be conquered. It can be hacked. And that's, that's where you get the very, very scary individuals who start putting this power where the rubber meets the road. Yep. I agree a hundred percent. I mean, you have to, yeah, it goes back to the old saying, you know, the most powerful one with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved. We are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. One of the room is the one that's silent because you reach a point where you have to, as you said, shed that ego and, and lose that because... There is no finish line. Like you said, there's only checkpoints. You meet those checkpoints along the way, and it should be what is the next checkpoint in the road because as you reach that black belt stage, you are now not a master. No, 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 my friends. What you are is now ready to start your journey. And I feel that that's where I'm at in my journey. I mean, I've been practicing for, uh, shit, I don't know. I've been practicing now for almost 20 years. And I'm proficient, but right. my proficiency doesn't make me an adept or a master. I am now ready to start my journey. My bags are packed. I bought the right boots. Um, I got some food in my bag. I'm ready to go. And I'm about to step out of my door and start the hike. And people will say, that's crazy, man. You've done so many rituals. You know so much. Yes, I do. But that was all you know, just the precursor to what's to come. I never look at it like I've accomplished anything, only that what am I going to accomplish? And once I've done it, it is what am I going to accomplish next? Because that should be the way that it is. Don't get wrapped up in your own in your own triumphs and tell the world, look what I've done. No one cares. And if they do, that just inflates your ego more. It should be what can I do? What do I still have left in me to do? Because that is where the fruits are found. You just keep digging deeper and deeper and find that godhood. Now, before we go any deeper, folks, I do want to drop into a couple of our commercial breaks to thank our sponsor. So if you're listening out there, stick around, and we'll be right back on Knights of the Nephilim after these sponsored messages. Knights of the Nephilim podcast would like to thank our sponsor, Aragni Arcane Services. Aragni Arcane Services is a husband and wife duo comprised of Baron and Baronessa Aragni. With over 40 years of practical experience, they are masters of the occult arts through various practices and paradigms, such as necromancy, high magic, black witchcraft, and more. They are published authors under their own publishing house, the Arcane Press. They offer books, courses, spell work, consultations, ritual tools, and more. All of their products are handmade of the highest quality material and empowered through ancient rites. If you wish to know more about them or their business, or you require their services, please feel free to contact them at aragnearcaneservices.com. That is aragne, A-R-A-I-G-N-E-E, arcaneservices.com. And if you use promo code K-O-T-N, you will get 10% off of your overall order or purchase as a special highlight of them being a sponsor of this show. Thank you so much, guys. Knights of the Nephilim podcast would like to thank our sponsor, Goetic Impressions. 
Goetic Impressions is a company dedicated to the faithful creation of advanced ritual tools by following grimoire guidelines as closely and as feasibly as they can in the modern world. Follow them on Instagram, Facebook, or their website, GoeticImpressions.com, to stay informed on new projects and limited-time items that they roll out frequently. For listeners of Knights of the Nephilim podcast, you can use the promo code KOTN10 for 10% off of your overall order. Again, that is KOTN10 for 10% off of your overall order. And make sure you check out their Facebook, Instagram, and website. Once again, the website is www.goeticimpressions.com. Again, that is goeticimpressions.com for absolutely everything for your ritual needs. Fantastic items, quality items, greatly priced quick shipping. Can't speak highly enough about these guys. Absolutely wonderful team, and I'm glad to have partnered with them. Thanks, guys. Knights of the Nephilim podcast would like to thank our sponsor, the Telemancer. Let me first tell you a little bit about their owner, and then I'll tell you a little bit more about them. James Hunter Ralston has been a member of the Order of the Voltec, starting in 2008 and progressing through several degrees, last serving as head of the Outer Order. The Order of the Voltec is an offshoot of a pylon of the Temple of Set, originated to study and practice several forms of the sorceress methods centering on techniques used by Mexican and other Central American priests and magicians. Many of the techniques involved were popularized in the late 1970s and 80s by Carlos Castaneda. Over the decades since his first experience with magic, his desire has grown into the creation and use of what other shamanic sorcerers term as power objects, talismans, amulets, totems, and other powerful objects. His interests expanded to the degree that he chose to become an apprentice of several Appalachia's premier craftspeople and learn the art of metalcraft to produce power objects for both himself and select patrons. He does work with gold, pewter, silver, and sometimes other metals as well. He has been doing this for over eight years. He does create talismans, pendants, rings, altarpieces, and more, almost all exclusively by custom commission. And you can check out his stunning work at facebook.com backslash thetelemancer1. Again, that is facebook.com backslash thetelemancer1. All as one word. Thank you so much. All right, guys, we're back on Knights of the Nephilim radio show for the last hour. We've been hanging out with black magic practitioner Nate Bells talking about the subtle mechanics of ritual and magic. Nate is a return guest on the show. We had him on back in last July, so it's been almost a year and a half since we had him on the show. Time flies, and we've been talking, as I said, about the mechanics of magic, about some important things to keep in mind along your journey of magic, as there's so many steps and it never ends. There is no finish line, and that's kind of where we left off. Now, one of the things I wanted to throw out there is my creative director, Natasha, who I mentioned earlier and thanked her for uh, the work she's done for the show this season, since I can't do a whole lot of promoting and marketing, had gifted me a book at one point, um, Sacred Magic and the Clip-Off uh, from Freighter RC, which is not, not someone I really follow that avidly by any means, but I did read a little bit of his book, and I have to go back and finish it at some point. And he, the reason I bring this up is he made a very good point at the beginning of that book that I remember when he talks about his understanding of the Klipoth, and he talked about, uh, you know, Satriel, the, the Saturnian, uh, you know, sphere or Klipoth, the shell of Bina, 
uh, if you're comparing it to the tree of life. And he mentions that he associates that with one of the seven deadly sins. He attributes the the husks with sins and it's very it's a very interesting concept very uh golden dawny you know because that's very much of what he is he's a he's a real hardcore golden gone guy but what he <laughs> said there and i really resonated with is he said that 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 sloth and it's it's a stage that a lot of practitioners will fall into now he's not talking about working with the clip off like uh, like I might be folks or that I have mentioned in the path with doing path workings and really taking a step to uh, defrag the system by using these demonic kingdoms and spirits. He's saying it from the sense of these are the sins of the world that we fall into and sloth being one of them in magic that a practitioner will get into whenever they start to do a ritual that at first was so enthralling. And they felt so much power and change when they did it the first 15, 20, 30, 40 times. But then they do that ritual again and again and again. And it just becomes so second nature to them that it, they become stagnant with it and find no value in that ritual anymore. They're not getting, you know, their heart isn't even racing any faster when they're doing it. And you fall into sloth and just say, I'm not doing that anymore. I don't see the purpose. But he made a statement that the true knowledge and fruits of that working only really take hold once you go far, far beyond that stage. And that resonated with me. You can do a ritual and go through those initial, you know, neophyte stages of just, oh, this is so exciting into those stages that it becomes just second nature, like waking up and eating breakfast, brushing your teeth. And some people will stop at that point because they're like, well, where's the fun of it? It's just become like everyday life. But that is what it should become like. It's fun to be excited, folks. I'm not saying it's not, but your practice shouldn't be this ooky spooky thing that you do on the weekends. It should be something that is in every bit of your life. It has become you know, embedded into the fabric of your reality and who you are. But with that being said, the real fruits of knowledge and gnosis will come when you've done that a thousand, two thousand, five thousand times. That's when it happens. Once you've broken all limitations, once you've broken all expectations, is when the real fruit comes. So I just wanted to bring that up with what Nate and I were talking about prior to the break, that there is no finish line. Don't set yourself up for failure by making one. Enjoy the journey along the way and don't fall into the trappings of sloth because you will at some point say, you know what, I just, I don't see a fucking point. I just want to lay down and quit. And we've all been there. There's times in my practice that I've just wanted to walk away and say, fuck this. And those are the lessons, like I told you, is similar to getting thrown down the mountain is also the times where you climb the whole way around the backside of the mountain thinking you found a quicker way up, only to realize it's sheer rock and you can't climb up it. And you're like, I just cost myself, you know, four days of journeying around the backside of this mountain, only to be fucked and have to climb the whole way back around the front to be where I was. But once again, you could let that defeat you 
or you can let that strengthen you and say, huh, what a dumbass I am. I'm never doing that again. And that is the point. So uh, in this rare case, I will say thank you, Freighter RC, for your knowledge that I was able to use tonight from your book. Uh, very interesting concept. I will finish it at some point um, with your associations with the clip-off, though he would say in his mind that it is something not to work with and he has no desire to ever want to work with these type of spirits. I would say the exact opposite. Um, but then again, you know, we come from very different backgrounds. So, uh, and thank you, Natasha, for the gift of the book, uh, you know, that you had given me that I was able to get that, that fruit seed of knowledge there. Yeah, man. And that's why I love speaking with you, man. You, you, you hit things, you hit things on point. And he hit him deep. And, um, yeah, Fred RC, he's, he's a very wise individual. And uh, especially with the path and the approach uh, to the mountain and the journey of the way that he, he takes his own journey. Absolutely. And kind of what you were talking about, man, even taking that, that backside taking that that unseen approach to the summit uh, that shortcut uh, once you come up to that to that aspect of uh, of scaling a point of, of just sheer rock you'll also have uh, if, if you have any companions on the journey or you've seen others that have gone before you that's where you can really see where they prepared were they prepared to be able to conquer this undertaking? Were they in shape? Did they have knowledge of the art of this particular rock climbing? Uh, and that's where that foundation is just ever so important and coming back to it. And it, and it is it, just like you said too, it is it's something that, that never ends. There is no, there truly is no finish line to it. And the real journey is one of zigzags. It's definitely not linear. And those zigzags can be from side to side. They can be up and down in a treachery, success, everything. Uh, but it's, those can be, those can be some of the most rewarding aspects is when you get into the weeds when you're faced with this unclimbable aspect, now you're challenged. And that's where growth happens. That's where you're going to take everything that you've been accumulating on your journey so far and how do I tactically apply this? And that's that's the other part that I think is just so uh, so interesting about that that black journey is that it's, it's a perilous one and you'll have so many that just, they're not equipped. They're not equipped and you can retrace their footsteps and you can see where, <laughs> where on that particular point on the journey, when they zigged, when they should have zagged absolutely, and, um, and they bit it and hopefully you can learn from, from their mistakes but to keep pushing forward and to just keep going and carrying that lantern that has been gifted to you 
and to just keep marching forward in discovery. I think that that discovery is power. Well, it is power. And I think that, um, you know, one of the things people need to learn is to put the pride aside because sometimes, and like you said, it's not a linear path. What I've found is you'll make it to stage 10 and get what you needed for stage five. And you're like, oh, shit. So you walked past that dark cavern that you didn't know what was in that cavern. You make it up farther into the mountain, and that's when you find your lantern, like you said. And you're like, oh, there's a, there's a lantern left here from the fallen soldier of, a, of someone else's path who didn't make it. Well, I can keep climbing, but what if I actually go back down, I backtrack, and I go through the cavern? Maybe it'll cost me some extra time, but maybe I'll discover riches and gems that I didn't know were there. And the problem with that is, is like I said, people are so eager to get to the top and get to the finish line. Oh, fuck what's in the cavern. I'll just go to the top. But maybe what's in the cavern is better than what's at the top, first off. And the second thing is, is people, they'll start to head down a trajectory of, of error. And we've seen it. You and I both have seen it in, in you know, both well-known occultists and, and even you know, personal people that aren't that well-known who they've started going down the path in error. But in a, and sometimes they don't realize they are. They're just too blind to see it. Other times they know they are, but they're too prideful to admit it and fix the, what needs to be fixed. So the problem is they'll know that they're heading fast down the side of that mountain. And instead of you know, taking back steps and recalibrating and admitting error and having to do the work again, they'll just fucking buckle in and take it. But the problem is is sometimes that damage you take from that fall is irreversible and you're never going to be right again. And it would have just been better to fucking let your pride take a little bit of a beating instead of letting you take a little bit of a beating. And I've seen it so many times where, you know, practitioners have cracked and went insane. They've become ill or sick from their work. The, the forces that they work in with have actually fucked with their health. Some of them have died over the years that they were working with really, really powerful sources of things, but they were doing it wrong. And you can't speak to some of these people because they don't want to hear your words. Their pride is too strong. And sometimes you know they know it, but they'll never admit that they've made error. And that is one of the biggest downfalls someone can do is having too much pride to admit when you're wrong. When I know I'm wrong, I gladly own up to it. And that's the Satanist in me. That's that part that I say, you know what, when I triumph, I know I did it on my own accord. But when I fuck up, I will be the first to say, hey, guys, I really fucked up and I'm sorry. I won't hide it. I am truthful on all edges because... That is how you continue to climb as you are transparent with who you are. And I just have noticed that that's a big thing that people fall into is I will never admit error and it ends up costing you everything. Oh yeah. If you, if I mean, and, and you gotta be, be honest with yourself first and foremost. And, uh, yeah, pride <laughs> reminds me of, um, Marcellus Wallace from uh, Pulp Fiction, when he's uh when he's talking to uh, Butch, that fighter, and he's like, "Fuck pride." He goes, <laughs> "It never helps. It only hurts." And uh, he's a million percent right. I mean, you gotta that humble that 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 approach of being able to to learn and grow is is infinitely more valuable and. I mean, constructive criticism, if anybody can ever 
come to you and they can they can bring an aspect of, uh, of their own wisdom, which is uh, their own knowledge fused with with putting that into the motion of experience, and then be able to bring that uh, to your arsenal of, of your own application. It's it's invaluable, and it's it's like you said, man. It's it's just being able to to admit when you're wrong. And, and just be open. And I think that that's what really constitutes the formula of a, of a real seeker of truth is being able to say, hey, this is my current understanding. This is my current experience of, of the journey thus far. And uh, hey, let, let's see if it, if it continues to hold water. And if it doesn't, let's, let's make some changes and just keep going from there. But yeah, that's that's where, like you said, ego, pride that can that can definitely leave you marooned, and uh, on that desert where uh, you starve and, and there's no growth, there's no movement, and and that's that's it's all about motion, and uh, whether you're going up or down, it's that keeping things in motion. Okay, how can you get back on the horse if you get bucked off? Um, if you slip and fall on your ass, <laughs> are you going to get back on your feet? Um, and it doesn't matter if it's if it's uh, other people are watching or not. It's it's about getting back up and saying I'm going to keep marching forward. And um, that's that's been a big component with my own guides and coming into my own journey and my own life and awareness and saying just keep marching, man, keep moving forward. And it's funny too, because that ego will come in and, and, and sometimes blast you and go, you know what? <sighs> Fuck. I feel like I should be way more farther than I am right now. And if you let that pride down and you want to listen to their observations and their own insightful criticisms, they'll come back and I'll show you, look, you're right where you're supposed to be. If you were meant to be further along, you would be. Um, but you're right here because this is where you are in your journey. Yes. No more, no less. You're right where you need to be. So it's flip that fucking pancake into a, onto a positive side and just be like, you know what? If, if you got any guilt or bullshit, just set it down like a bag of bricks just no need to carry that shit around. Doesn't buy you anything. Just own it and say, you know what? Maybe I could have been further had I been more devoted or did certain studies and applied that knowledge. But I did it. And I'm right here. And it is what it is. Today is today. And But I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm going to learn from my shit. And uh, I'm going to keep meditating on how does this work and it's 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 beautiful man i i i love i love the the path and there's you could take a white magicians black magicians so many different cultures and systems and they all have their own bag of gold man and there's there's invaluable pieces uh to be able to extract and then turn around and, and plug into your master jigsaw 
that you've been trying to assemble all those pieces together. But it's just like you said, keeping that open mind and, and moving forward in that and uh, putting down pride and just uh, saying fuck you to the to the twin pillars of, of fear and doubt and uh, owning things and getting back into it and having the, the, the courage and the conviction to just keep going forward with it. Uh, and that's where things kind of, as I've, as I've taken my own journey, I've started to, to recognize as little inverted catalysts of power. I've just had the most intensive power is the most subtlest of either recognition or application and to keep breaking those things down. I, I love to stay in the question because it will force you to keep analyzing that and to keep tearing it down, tearing down the substructure of what is the underlying foundation of how does this work and why does it work this way? And like you said earlier, it's there's that practice of people doing things repeatedly over and over. And even on that journey, it can, you can become jaded, of course, if you do something far too often and you lose that invigoration that gut spook within you of holy shit I'm connecting with something here that is truly cathartic truly forbidden but it's real and I am connected to that signature of this anomaly in reality of being able to, to dig into that. And it's it's funny because it, it just becomes the path really starts to become this inversion of just the way through is going to be letting go. Is that letting go of, of the attachment of that it's – there's so much to do. There's so it's so hard that it can't be done. It can't be accomplished. And letting all of these things that equal can't, letting them drop out, and then taking those little subtle, subtle keys that are in between the lines that are they're so unrecognized. I think by by so many out there of just having fun with it. Be as a child. And what does a child do when they, when they are playing, when they are imagining? They go with it. They don't care about what other people think about them. They don't care about how dumb they look. They don't care if it's real or not, but they'll run around the schoolyard pretending that they're a F-16 fighter pilot and chasing others. And, and they just become invested into the moment. And it's, it's that momentum of giving yourself over to this and just going with it and letting the, the aspects of 
pride of this is this is stupid. Is this is this real? Throwing those things of uh, of common sense and reality. To the ways. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Side and just immersing yourself into it, and. Um, that has been an aspect that I've, I was working with a Maimon. And a Maimon had illustrated for me uh, within the temple uh, that I had found myself in on an astral working with him. Uh, being within that temple and this light coming on inside, it was a doorless temple. From my vantage of looking in front of me, behind me, and to both sides, all I could see was stone. And he's like, yeah, try to walk out. And I could just feel myself walking forward and being like, I can't. It's just stone. It's just. And he's like, I bet if you try harder, see what happens. And I remember just pushing pushing into this with everything that I had and it, it was going nowhere. And he goes, oh, um, why don't you face forward again and just lean back, lean back and limbo forward. And I remember just leaning backwards as if I was going to fall into a couch, into a nice, easy chair. And as I started to lean backwards and also take these little steps going forward, started to notice, oh shit, I'm, I'm passing through. And he said, well, look, he goes, the, um, the doorway that you were walking into blindly, you're higher than that doorway. He goes, but what happens if you just lean back and go under it? And it's funny. It was a funny analogy in the perspectives of dimensional reality. Even here in this world, um, three-dimensional, four-dimensional, we're only going to be able to interact and perceive things. And, and the, the typical person is only going to be able to rationalize things within the dimensional boundaries of the world that we live in. But if you can ascend to the perspective 
through the bridge of faith that there are other dimensions, then you can look down into it and say, oh, shit, there's, it is all here. But while I was in that dimension, that layer, I just couldn't see it. Didn't mean that it wasn't here. And it's having that faith to be able to take that trust fall and to just let go. Let go of the internal toggling of trying to rationalize things, to try to make sense. And to just do it, to just step forward into that. And that's, those are the hallmarks of the true practitioners of, of this type of power uh, to, the, to the world that, that is living within the boundaries of the dimensions here in this physical world that they've grown and that's all they know. They'll look at somebody who is committed and has that indescribable, irrational faith that there's more, that things can be breached, to them they'll seem insane. But it's the only way. It's the only way that you're going to be able to make it across that ravine to the next checkpoint. I think. Uh... And with that, yeah, with that, it's just so many smaller, little subtle breadcrumbs that when you flip them on their head, they are uh, the inversion of what your perspective or assumption of them is going to be early in your journey of, oh, man, this is so tough and it's so complicated. <laughs> when I think it doesn't transverse over the same, so like those lessons you learned, you know, with the Maimon and, and the, that temple, you can even express it as you just did verbally on the physical plane, and it has root and bearing here as well as a lesson. But there's no way for you to put into words the depth of the lesson to you. And that's what right. I learned so many times I come back from, from an astral vision or from any type of very deep in-vision workings that I'm doing with lessons that I've learned that I can explain it sort of that it'll still have an impact on the people I'm explaining it to, but I'm like, yeah, but you don't get it. And it's, it's almost like I've said to people before, when you reach higher levels of gnosis, what's strange is you can read a book and it'd be very enlightening and you gather knowledge from that book. And then you can stick that book down. You can do workings for the next couple months with these deities that you, you're choosing to, to work with. Go back to that book and read it again. And it'd be like a completely different book. Not only in the sense that, okay, I'm gathering more out of it, but like as you're reading, you're like, no, this has completely different meanings than before. I'm seeing things within the words I didn't before. They've opened up some type of doorway within my mind that it's just pouring into me, and no one can explain that. They're like, well, yeah, I mean, a second read that you gave it, or you're connecting. No, it's more than that. There's no way for me to explain to another human being the depth of that lesson that I'm learning because it can't be transversed from that astral level to the physical fully, only in partial. Um, so, you know, like you said, you, you, another thing that you had mentioned, it, it almost makes me think of that mountain again. I like to go back to that analogy of the mountain. It's foggy. You're getting towards the top. You've been going forever now. You're tired. You're beaten. You're sore. You, you, you had all these expectations, and they've just kind of been crushed. 
and you fall down to your knees and you just let go. I'm letting go of the fear of dying. I'm letting go of the fear of failure. I'm letting go of the the hunger for victory. I'm letting go of all of it. Just what shall be shall be. I'm letting go. Next thing you know, the fog clears and you're at the top of the mountain. You didn't even realize it. And that's where it's at is you have to fall back into that childlike wonder. As you said, kids don't give a shit about what anybody thinks. They're not programmed. <laughs> yeah. They don't have those egoic restraints you know, fastened to them. They're not thinking of the fear or the embarrassment or the pride or any of that. And as you men- mentioned earlier, between those, those pillars of fear and, and um, failure, and, you, know, you don't worry about those things. You just are. We are all born, folks, as powerful magicians. It's just unfortunate that part of this matrix that we live in has built-in code to throw piles and piles of shit on you just to to layer you to forget who you are you were born a god and through programming it is stripped away from you and it's not gone it's still there it's just hidden deep under layers and what magic and ritual and and you know meditation and mantras and mudras and all of these things do is help you dig those layers out to rediscover what you already are you're not finding this new thing you're only rediscovering what you've already had. It's just how often do you take the time to dig? So many people will say, I can tell how adamant you are about your practice. I've never experienced anything like that. And, and these are like a lot of times regular folks are not practitioners, but it even happens in right. practitioners' case. And I'll say to them, well, let me ask you a question. You wake up in the morning, right? You jumped up, you get a shower, you get dressed. If you have kids, you're getting the kids ready for school or for work or whatever, or, you know, for, for like daycare, or whatever you're doing, you're heading to work, you're coming home, you're getting dinner, you're doing all this and that, running until it's time to go to bed. You go to bed, you wake up, you do it again, right? Oh well, yeah, that's what I do. When's the last time you've even taken 15 minutes to sit down, straighten your spine, put your head down in a good position breathe properly which most people just don't even realize that's a thing you need to breathe properly and then clear your monkey mind and just meditate one of the smallest basics of of getting into spirituality when's the last time you took 15 minutes for you to get to know better you and people say why i don't know i don't think i ever have you haven't even taken 15 minutes in your lifetime or in years or months, whatever it might be, to even spend time to quiet the nonstop bullshit around you. Your day consists of all these extracurriculars, job and the kids and your wife or your husband and and the bills and finances and all of these things which happen in this reality. That's fine. But how are you not taking time away from that, clearing that away to dig deeper into who you are to find your power? So if you were not doing that, then how could you ever tell another individual who is that what you're doing is full of shit, it's bad, it's 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 taboo? So that's one of the things and kind of coming full circle here towards the end, you know, when we get into certain faiths and Christianity being one of them, people will tell you, 
you know, you're not meant to do those things. Well, if I'm not meant to do them, why the fuck am I able to do them then? If I wasn't supposed to, shouldn't there be something stopping me? If I can sit down and I can close my eyes and I can meditate and I can have divinity touch me and I can speak to God as the prophets that you follow in the Bible, then how am I doing something taboo? What the fuck were they doing? They did the same thing. When you talk about Ezekiel's chariot and the Merkabah chariot coming down, what do you think happened? They were reaching higher levels levels of consciousness through tapping into the kundalini and opening the pineal gland. This is what was happening. People were doing the same things that you could be doing now. The prophets you worship could be yourself if you only took time to tap into your endless potentiality. But you don't because it's so much easier to naysay or to follow another individual than to face yourself because fear what do I have behind that hidden veil? I'm afraid to peek, but I'm also curious. You'll never know unless you peek. And I will leave it with that this evening, folks. Please do your due diligence. There's a whole universe out there that you haven't begun to experience it if you haven't taken the steps to do so. As I said earlier, your bags are packed. You have all the materials you need. You just have to open the door and walk out. Now, before we finish this evening, Nate, why don't you tell us where we can check you out at? Anything else you got going on right now that we need to uh, know about? And any last thoughts? You know, I I, I want to say thanks for having me on again, man. It's it's the time always feels short, but it's a blast, and uh, I know that we could just keep going on and on and. I'm sure down the road sometime we will we will uh, jump on for some more uh, uncapped time, man, and just kind of keep rolling with things. But yeah, it's uh, it's everything that you said was was a beautiful complementary aspect in itself of uh, the subtle aspects of this power, and it's it is really something that that we could keep breaking down and breaking down further, and. Uh, you know that is the funny part about this this whole mainframe, this whole field that we are entangled with, and uh, I think that it is it is a living field, and that the source itself, that demiurge, it it, it wants to control, and uh, it wants all of these different gears and extensions of subjectively experiencing reality uh, through us uh, to be kept in check. Uh, but when, when those few aspects recognize their own independent consciousness and go rogue, uh, that's where you can have the complementary beings come out and say, here's another lantern for you. If you want to break free of the matrix, you want to claim your own power. Here's a little aspect of how to do it. And here's a map to the next one. Uh, and it's, I love, I love working with these forces and, and the fact that there's the responsibility is, is all yours. And when you petition them, they, they open up those beautiful catalogs of information 
and empowerment and say, do what you want with it. It's up to you. You might fuck yourself up, but hey, that's on you. But this is what I am. This is what, if you're asking me for it, hey, have at it and break free of the system. Uh, which I would love to talk about down the road anyway. Um, the whole matrix and uh, where this really can ultimately lead to. But uh, I want to thank you on top of everything again. And I would say the best way to check out what I have going on at any given time is just kind of the hub of my central operations, which is uh, natebales.com. Uh, to give you information on a, a, a catalytic operation uh, that I have called Four Thrones. And uh, I do have another aspect coming out uh, in December as far as uh, uh, talismans coming out. <laughs> and I'm just going to leave it at that, man. But uh, NateBales.com, check it out. Uh, feel free to reach out. And uh, I'm always open, love to have a constructive conversation with anybody about anything, and uh, just look forward to empowering people and taking this journey together, man. It's what it's all about. I absolutely love her, brother, and I'll definitely be having you back on the show again. My thing is, I'm not worried about having how many people have I had on the show. I don't give a shit. I, wanna, I worry about having good quality guests on. And when I have a good quality guest like yourself, that's why I have you back or have Alistair last week back because I know it's thought-provoking content and I know it's deep conversation and it's helping the listeners out there discover deeper levels of things that they might not know or that they just need backing on. Sometimes you have to hear it from someone else to be like, oh, I thought that too, but I just wasn't sure. you know. And we're able to give them yeah. this those fruit seeds of knowledge and I love that and uh, definitely we'll be having you back and make sure you check out folks out there at natebells.com follow his workings and, and just follow everything that this man does as I tell you know all of you every week you are the lifeblood of what we do why we do it and how we do it so please continue to give your support to people like Nate go to his site check it out and uh, be keeping an eye out for the talismans. I'm kind of uh, intrigued myself, and I can't wait to see what uh, comes of that. So I'll be keeping an eye out, and we'll definitely have you back. If you're listening out there, folks, to give you kind of an insight of some of the upcoming episodes that we have before we finish this evening, uh, we air every other week. This last couple weeks has been strange because last week would have been our off week, but we had the special episode. Uh, we will be going back at this point to every other week as normal. Um, but on the weeks in between, we have Celestial Oddities, The Pong, Pair of Normal Guys podcast, which, as I mentioned earlier, is based upon supernatural and paranormal phenomena. We deep dive hard into episodes of our topics on the episodes, giving you our theories and ideas. We do have professionals on the show where we interview from time to time. And we also do phone, phone call episodes. We just had an episode last week um, on Wednesday phone call episode from people from around the world, everything from just, and you folks need to hear this, wild premonitions that our one guest had about family members unfortunately being murdered before they were, and you just have to hear the story. It was pretty crazy. Uh, UFO sightings, alien visitation and abduction, 
uh, hauntings and everything in between. We always have some very thought-provoking content coming from that show, and those are always staggered on the weeks in between this show. And then, obviously, you can always count on us having great guests and great interviews on this show, and I'm very excited for the first time on my show on the 17th, two weeks from now, we will be bringing Mr. Bal Kadmon on the on the show, and I'm very excited to talk with him multi-language, uh, linguistic genius. You know, you listen to his work, and he is able to cipher out multiple ancient texts from different backgrounds and just very, very um, educational academic, and I'm excited to have him on. His accomplishments as far as writing, I have to say, are very admirable. I mean, I couldn't tell you how many books this guy has written at this point, but it's, it's fucking up there. Um, so very excited to bring him on and talk with him. Two weeks later, uh, we will be coming back on the show with Harold Roth, and we will be talking about the Sword of Moses. Now, if any of you know what the Sword of Moses is, it's a very intriguing form of Hebrew magic um, that supposedly, if you can learn how to use it, you can bring anything to manifestation, but it's very un. un- or very misunderstood, I should say. And I had read the first version of it when I was a teenager, and it was not that good. He has done a new translation of it. I have it. It is very good, and I'm really excited to jump in and talk with him on that. And then we are still going to be looking to fulfill December 15th episode, and I just have to reach out to someone and confirm. But I do believe I have a guest for that one, and I'll announce that soon. And then we have... Uh, you know, obviously other episodes coming in January on the 12th, we have Freighter Barabbas, which will be another great episode, and we'll be talking deep about the namesake of this show, the Nephilim. Uh, so we got some just amazing guests coming up for you, you know, packed season of great content, so make sure you support, click the like, share, and follow button, drop us an email with anything you'd like to see us do do differently Uh, anybody you'd like to see us have on next season anything of the sort i answer all of my emails every single day other than that i would say reach me on social media but you can't so just email me it's probably the easiest way thank you Natasha, for all the support and marketing and promotion that you're doing for the shows i appreciate it and lastly before we go to our final commercial breaks and fade out for the evening nate thank you so much brother i appreciate you coming back Thank you, man. It's been a a pleasure and a privilege. Always is. And definitely looking forward to the next time. Absolutely. Well, you have a wonderful night. Stay safe out there. and I'll be talking to you soon. You do the same. Have a great night. Thanks, man. Thank you. All right, guys. We'll catch you in uh, two weeks from now with Ball Cad Moan here on Knights of the Nephilim. And you guys have a wonderful and safe evening as well. Talk to you soon. Knights of the Nephilim podcast would like to thank our sponsor, Limitless Liberation. I'll read you about this wonderful company from their owner, Elena. Limitless Liberation was inspired by both Lucifer and Belial. Lucifer has been with me most of my life, as far back as I could remember. Belial and I started to work when I was going through a very difficult part of my life. He completely turned mine and my family's life around, for the better, in a very short period of time. In return, he asked me to create what he called Charger for him. He showed me the designs, so I created the first charger for Belial, and Lucifer wanted one next. From there, I had spirits lining up with requests for magical items. Some are control freaks, while others just inspire. They are all so individually different, but every single item created has power within it. Each item operates on many levels. They operate as an anchor for the spirit you're working with, thus aiding easier connection between the two of you. 
They also operate like a power cell or battery, where they already come with an inherent energy to them, but they become stronger as you feed them and pull from them during ritual, as well as to strengthen your workings. Limitless liberation continues to grow to honor the spirits that we love to work and build relationships with. You can check her shop out at etsy.com backslash shop backslash limitless liberation. Again, that is etsy.com backslash shop backslash limitless liberation. Knights of the Nephilim podcast would like to thank our sponsor, Arsnosis. Arsnosis was formed by Diogo Cells Pimentel, an artist located in northeast of Brazil in the state of Bahia which is the birthplace of the greatest artist in the country. Involved with occultism since 2009, starting in shamanic practices, until reaching Western occultism through the paths of Luciferianism, Thelema, Goetic ceremonial magic, Angelic and Anakian magic. Since 2017, he has added his art of drawing and painting to magical artifacts, putting the energy of his practice and personal research into the artistic and magical works that he creates. With the auspices of the great King Paimon that governs over all arts and sciences, you can find his work by searching Arsnosis on Facebook and Instagram. It is theurgical work channeled into magical tools made by an adept for adepts. Over time, his work has become known throughout the globe for the care and energy of the will applied to each and every piece that he creates. And with the motto that was propagated in greater proportion by Aleister Crowley, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law, he applies the energy of the will of the initiatory path into each and every work. Once again, you can check him out by searching Arsnosis on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks, Diogo. Knights of the Nephilim podcast would like to thank our sponsor, Belladonna's Botanicals. Belladonna's Botanicals is owned by Jennifer Vatsa, a left-hand path and poison path witch, certified aromatherapist, herbalist, perfumer, skincare formulator, and incense crafter who designs and has created a massive product line consisting of over 300 products with new ones being released every month. Belladonna's Botanicals provides high-quality handcrafted metaphysical and self-care products including flying ointments and oils, herbal tinctures and elixirs, herbal smoke blends, ritual oils, powders, incense, radionically charged crystals, ritual bath products, fragrances, and bath and body products. Jennifer draws inspiration from the spirits she works with, and they often have requests. Anecdotally adding that as she was creating her product lines for the dark goddesses and demonic gatekeepers, that King Paimon showed up requesting his own product line as well. She often directly channels what they would like to be included in their products in addition to her own ritual workings along with known correspondences. She also has a popular left-hand path-oriented YouTube channel where she posts content on everything from podcasts with other occultists to her gnosis from working with different spirits and various topics pertaining to her craft and creations. You can check out her product line at www.belladonnasbotanicals.com. Again, that is belladonnasbotanicals.com. Or check out her videos on YouTube by searching her name, Jennifer Vatza. That is V-A-T-Z-A. Thanks, Jen.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.